the football pod on OTB Sports. Have you ever seen a team like Limerick that are so physically dominant? They're yeah, absolutely oh. financially <laughs> dominant. <laughs> the football pod is available every Tuesday exclusively on the OTB Sports app. Mayo unveiled their new playing surface uh, but it uh, ended up being a one point defeat for them in the Connacht Football Championship against Goa I'm delighted to say Kevin Walsh is with us to give us some analysis of what happened Kevin a topsy-turvy game that uh, almost ended in a draw at the end what was your take on, on, on first off let's start with Goa's performance what did you make of it? I suppose look at it was um, as you said topsy-turvy it was you, know, you hear of a game of two halves but it was like a game of four quarters uh, where obviously started off well went maybe six points ahead and Mio closed the gap at half time and again Galway came out well again and Mio closed the gap towards the half and fell short but I suppose look at Galway controlled the game to be honest um, they definitely were far more efficient <clears throat> with, the, with the chances they had and um, I suppose you know the downfall of the game for Mio was possibly their long pre-taker was non-existent and they didn't seem to have, to, have one from the, from the right hand side which you know, um, would have cost a little bit as well. But in fairness to Galway, I suppose they, they did they did, they did show that bit of bite and it was very important that when Mayo came back at them before half time that they, they, they came out again and they did in the first half and the second half. So, uh, albeit there's a lot of learnings from it, um, the fact that they almost closed the gap at the end. What do you think the learnings from Galway's perspective will be? I think they're going to have to look at, I suppose, either way, whether you, whether you win or you lose, uh, the two imposters are the same. So, it's really important that they look at at the analysis of it because sometimes winning can, 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 can cover over cracks and losing can, can be too deep at times so like if, if you look at the, the kickouts, for instance I think Galway only won 9 of the one nineteen that went long and I think that's a low enough percentage where that will have to be upped where I think Mayo won 6 of their 8 long ones so that, that needs to be worked on I think uh, the fact I think they got something like 26 attacks in the game um, and got 22 shots off which is good that's really really good um, shooting getting shots off but again you have to wonder on the Mayo side how they let 22 out of 26 shots off what the defence was like and I think we called it last week that when Mayo are unable to stop teams coming out like they were three or four years ago they needed to have a plan B in the back like with a sweeper or whatever you want to call it at different times to protect the back and uh, you know when you get 22 shots off of 26 attacks you'd have to wonder what Mayo's intensity in the back was like um, I suppose the other thing is you know, that like Damien Comer was top class yesterday. And there's a few other forwards you'd like to get a bit more involved that might just take a bit of the, the mantle there. Uh, just talk to us a little bit about the, the Mayo defence then for a moment, will you? Because uh, it certainly seems as if Galway had learned some of the lessons from the, the last couple of seasons where they had been fairly open at the back and, and they were funneling loads of bodies behind the ball who were being effective uh, at stopping Mayo. Why were Mayo not able to do the same thing? I suppose look, it's about practice, and I, and I don't know if, they, if, they, if they've ever done that. <clears throat> and if you go back over the years, um, you know you, you had a half back line there of Turk and Boyle and Keegan, who were a continuous threat pushing teams backwards. But they don't have those three there anymore. I know Keegan is there, but he's gone back in the back to fill up, fill up holes in the back where Keith Higgins is gone. So I'm not so sure how much Mayo ever placed their players yet. And don't forget as well, when you had McLaughlin going well up front and your Keenan O'Connor going well up front and your Jason Darting and your uh, Andy Morden and those guys, they were really good at stopping the opposition coming out. Uh, which means they probably eventually got bodies funneled back, but they had another five or ten seconds to do that. And now, at the minute, they're struggling. And I'm just wondering with James Horden, have you ever had the, the plan B to get into that that way? And he had different players than he had five, six years ago. 
you're going to have to adapt your game plan to the players which I have and I'm not too sure the Mayo have got there, got there yet. Yeah, maybe it's a strength and depth issue as well. I mean, the, the several key players injured, including the goalkeeper, and so their own uh, kickouts were erratic. Uh, Oshie Mullen goes off after um, half time, and all of a sudden you are down the the uh, depth chart, and maybe they just didn't have enough bodies to be able to do what they were trying to do. Maybe, but uh, I think they were still struggling when Oshie Mullen was on there. I mean. If you look at the, the one of the first two points called we got, uh, Damon Comer knocked the ball down to himself. He was going away from goal. Um, he turned maybe after 10 yards and the two Mayo guys were standing to look at him where he turned and just put the ball over and contested. That wasn't happening when when the key takings of this world were, were there and Shane Mullen was on the field at the time. So it's just, I, I'm not so sure. James Durkin was obviously lost. The goalkeeper would have been lost for long, kick, long free kicks which wasn't there for that. But you know, I thought, I thought Burns' kickouts weren't that bad yesterday. So, but uh, yeah, look, we're going to have to look at, at certainly having another style to go to window guard. What did we see from Galway yesterday in terms of a defensive system that we didn't see earlier this year? Well, I, 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 it was something I expected. I was down at, I think I called it on the podcast last week, where I was down at the, at the Clare game in June in the league, and there was one two each at half time where Galway had 15 behind the ball in the first 20 minutes. I mean, behind, not behind the ball, behind the halfway line. So it was obviously something that they were going to go back to. And for me, looking in, I think it's 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 good to see that forward thinking. That you know, this this the the, the narrative of the Galway style back in the years gone by. Like I would have, would have been I'm talking about this for a long, long time. It's not about style; it's about moving on, and it's about doing the best thing for the team. And, and at the end of the day, like we have seen the goal coach, it's about taking space and making space. You don't have the ball; you take the space that matters. I mean, you do have it. You make the space that matters, and you get your best players in the best position. So, you know, like Galway were, were getting back well yesterday. They were behind in the field a lot of the time, one or two left up front. And why wouldn't you do that? That's 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 the way the game has gone. That's that's the most effective part of the game. And to win, you're going to, have to learn to do that. And I suppose that's where Mayo haven't moved yet, and maybe they'll start moving there now. But uh, Galway have, have been moving there now, which you could see during the league it was happening. And uh, it had happened once or twice last year as well, after maybe. They decided to go full full press. They got a few, a few heavy beatings, so they learned from that. So, so just hopefully that the plan A, B, and C will be there for you know. You've got to look at this different ways. Like if you're with a strong a strong wind, it has to be what you should be pushing up all day. If you're against a strong wind and they have a very strong partnership against midfield partnership against you, you've got to be able to protect and cover over, over the top. So there's loads the what if scenario and teams have got to be coached for all that and and. It all depends on, on, on the clientele you've got for, for players. So are Mayo strong as they were up front before with their tackling? I don't think they are, so they need to adapt. It's interesting that you said that you saw signs of this defensive system last year at times from Galway. So like, has, is it different from, say, the, the first season of, of Padraig Joyce? Is this something that just didn't exist and, and now he's suddenly thought to himself, right, we need to have a bit more of a defensive system at times? But you look, I suppose... The, you're going to learn that as you go along, but when when you've shipped heavy scores, and even in the league this year there was heavy scores shipped as well, um, you're going to ha- obviously have to look at that. And, and you know that, that that's what management is about. There's backroom teams, there's uh, and analysts there. There's a whole lot of there. So it's about getting your team the best you you can be. And you know you're going to have to. And Roscommon is going to pose or run Roscommon, but whoever comes through the rest, and, and Roscommon will now be favourites to come through the rest. Um, they will pose big big threats. 
And, you know, you could see last night, and, you know, that Galway were getting bodies back, two sleepers back at times. And, you know, I'm not for sure that Mayo were strong enough inside even, even to, to, to try and uh, see could they, could they move the Galway sleepers around because the better teams will, will actually move them around and they will see, I suppose, to make sure that they know exactly what they're doing. It was a weirdly flat performance from Mayo, wasn't it? Under the circumstances, first time back in the new, the new pitch and all that kind of stuff, and a home crowd. Even the crowd seemed flat. Yeah, um, it was a funny kind of a game. Like I said, it was, it was like four quarters type of thing, you know. Um, but I suppose the crowd started to get going towards the end when maybe they, they saw Mayo come back with a very late run. And it's so ironic that it was, had to be Lee Keegan that kicked the outside of the boot to maybe put a kickstart in the Mayo side. And you know, probably the last the last five or six minutes was the most time with the crowd got going. Yeah, so, from Mayo's perspective, they have five, six weeks off now. It's the ridiculous scenario where they, you know, they go off and have a whole preseason and it, they get to taper up again. Um, and they they might have bodies back, and they'll certainly have uh, more training in the legs of the players who were um, just getting in under the wire yesterday to to start the game. So, what should we expect from them for the rest of the season? Yeah, look, to be fair, if you look at Kenny O'Connor this first day yesterday as well, which is probably a big ask. Uh, as you said earlier on, James Durkin is missing, and he's he's a he's a big a big loss as well as, as is uh, the keeper there and and Jordan Flynn midfield. So, you know, three or four bodies can make a huge difference. Um, but I still think they're going to have to adapt over the next number of weeks to get something else a little bit in place because no matter who comes in in the forwards, that they're not yet up to the standard where Andy Morden would have been. You know, Keenan O'Connor when he was going his best. Kevin McLaughlin was a real tiger when he was going his best. Um, so they're going to have to just look at other areas as well that to, 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 I suppose to make them a stronger unit, uh, depending on what opposition they're going to be against. And you know, the back door now doesn't give it three or four games where you might be getting less opposition. You're going to probably go into the line then straight away. So, but the only thing is they have a few weeks, a few weeks to, to get together, and there probably will be other teams looking for challenge matches. So it's uh, they've got a bit of time to get things right. From a Galway perspective, how important was it to get over the line and like so that there's a you know there's a male forward with the ball, the weight of the ball in his hands, and if that goes over, we're headed for extra time. Uh, not a situation that they would have thought when they were, you know, making the substitutions with a five six point lead, the clock ticking into the red. I presume Galway thought they were going to see that game out. Uh, so they they definitely, you know, they're not there yet as one of those cynical teams who can kill a game off. But it's much easier to have that analysis in the aftermath of a game that you've won than it is after you've lost. There, those conversations are like, "Geez, we got away with one there, but don't do it again." So, <laughs> no, you're right. I suppose it's great to be able to learn a lesson and as no consequence. And but but again, I suppose it's something regardless. Like I said about the two imposters, the winning and losing, you can't you can't just walk away from it either because you know last year Manning got late goal to to, to relegate Galway. Ross Comic got a late goal this year when they looked like Galway of the league final and Mayo almost came back there again yesterday and he did get a shot off to draw that game so either way so that's something that Galway have to look at um, but as you said it's, it's good to get away with with, 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 a, with a cheap lesson but again like look, there's still it was an nervy moment so it's very hard to sometimes subconsciously you're waiting for the whistle to go and I suppose like Galway haven't won a colour final since 2018 now again so it really had to stop the rot again and that was really really vital to win that game yesterday so you can see how delighted Parik and, and, and the manager team on the line yesterday and a lot of pressure was on there yesterday and to get the result had taken a lot off uh, so 
I suppose, look, you know, Mayo again were heading for all the Connacht finals, and it was it was a very, very important to, to stop that rot and give Galway a chance to get, get an all Connacht title this year after 2018. And does that give the team confidence then, so that the next time they're in that scenario, they do something different as opposed to retreating again? I mean, too, because you have young players there that, that they just need to understand that. I suppose you have to go through this. It's fine telling people. You have to experience this. You know, I've always said about 79-1. You should be preparing, preparing for 79 minutes, not, not 70. And if, if it goes into 77 minutes, you're still two minutes ahead of the time. So, like, I suppose it's, it's better, I suppose, to experience, but you should all be preparing for about eight minutes over time. You always should be, and not even look at the clock, because keep doing the same thing and, and be confident in what you're doing and just finish it out and, and, and not be retreating or not be worrying about it or not being hoping the whistle goes, it's out of your control. And I think it's important that people learn that. And that's, that's, a, that's a huge lesson from yesterday. Hopefully that, that the boys will, will, will pull something from that. I just wanted to ask you about uh, Paul Conroy. He's obviously you would have managed him and he's had some tough seasons, obviously with the horror injury that he had a few years back. How happy are you? And, and I guess actually how surprised you that he's come back not only to the player that he was, but to almost hit a higher height than he's ever hit in a, in a Galway jersey, it seems. Like if you were handing out a player of the year award right now, he'd be right in the conversation. Yeah, look, Paul works awful, awful hard, always has. He always worked hard in his body. He's always, he's always first at training. He's always consistently just getting trying to get better. So he's always been a good kicker. So, you know, I suppose he's, he's from in the right pockets. He's very, very confident in what he's doing at the minute. He's quite enough first half of yesterday, but then he came out and kicked two points again after half time. So he's fallen into those pockets, and he is a lovely kicker. Uh, I suppose going forward, you know, I suppose it's something that Mayo looked like yesterday. It looked like they were a long way off the kickers. Look at Kenny McDaig, big kicker pint. Conley got three. Johnny Heaney kicked one there, uncontested. Kieran Malai kicked one, unpressurized. You know, it, it, it just it looks. I know I'm going to waste the goal points here, but it looks like the Mayo weren't putting as much pressure as they should be on the kicker. But to be fair to Paul, he's a, he's a leader and he's always stepped up at big points. But over the last few games, he's, he's, he's got more than one or two, which, which is great for him. Kevin Watch, good stuff. Thanks a million for joining us this morning. Cheers. No problem. Thanks. Uh, where are Galway in the power rankings now? The Football Pod on OTB Sports. Have you ever seen a team like Limerick that are so physically dominant? They're yeah, absolutely oh. financially dominant. <laughs> the Football Pod is available every Tuesday exclusively on the OTB Sports app.